I always tell people I'm a fruit picker and some days I pick good fruit and some days I pick bad fruit, but you best believe I'm never going to stop picking the fruit. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Jason Wright, who is the founder of Wild. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me. Uh, glad to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about the story. So why don't we start before we get into the background? What is Wild as a business and a brand? Uh, yeah, Wild is a protein snack. It is an innovative chip. This product eats like a potato chip, but I just happened to replace the potato with chicken breast. So tell me about that story. How did you come up with this idea behind Wild and how was it started? Well, Wild originally started as a meat-based protein bar. In 2015, I set out on a journey to bring what I thought would be a protein bar to market. It kind of looked like, uh, let's call it like a con bar, but instead of the the nuts and the fruit, we'd have a product that showcased, you know, bits of jerky uh, combined with uh, grains and combined with healthy seeds. And I just wanted an overall round, healthy, but made of real food, not protein powder first, protein bar. Let's just say that that product did not work well in the market. I found myself in 2017 facing a company that was not performing well. I was somewhat depressed, as you can imagine, what I was going to do. How was I going to turn this around? And I remember one night, I I had turned the potato chips as my comfort food. And I remember one night at the bottom of a potato chip bag, this light bulb went off and this question popped into my mind. And it basically was, what if I could replace a potato with chicken breast to make a healthy snack? And once I got that, you know, kind of embedded into my head, I had to go forward and and that's the pivot of Wild and what you know was a company that was not very successful and I pivoted uh, to make a company that that you know today is successful. It's a big pivot to go from a bar to a chip. So how did you dive in and start thinking about the formulation and what I have to think was a pretty tough technological challenge that no one had ever done before? Well, you're right, Dave. So You know, with the bar, uh, it was somewhat innovative as well. There was other brands out there. Kind of, we all showed up at the same time. But at the time, I was living in Boulder, Colorado. I was working with Colorado State University, who has a huge meat science department. And we were working on the bar, continued to perfect the bar, even though, you know, at the pivot point, I kind of was already... Because I was working with meat and because I was thinking about meat and and I was already working with Colorado State, when I had the idea to pivot to the chip, you know, I immediately kind of worked with their, the professors there and their team to try to kind of come up with how would we do this. I also had uh, the support of a good friend of mine there in Boulder who was a, uh, a food scientist And, you know, he kind of helped me, guide me, uh, give me some ideas on how we would pull this off. I will say that what we thought we would do and what we ended up doing is totally different. We thought we would go to a port round facility and that we would um, partner with a port round facility to help create this product, to crisp it, to season it, to bag it. I tried that at the end of 2017 as a test. 
And that did not go so well. So fast forward, I eventually came up with an idea of how we would create a proprietary patent. I call it a crisper. It's something that basically shapes the product and it dries the product out uh, to make it super crispy. But I came up with what I thought would work and we went and made our own custom equipment. And for that reason, we now have a patent. So to my knowledge, we have uh, two units here in Winchester and that's the only two units that I know of that exist in, in the world. Very cool. So, I mean, you hinted on it with the patent and the unique technology, but when you communicate with customers, what are you really talking about is the core difference of what Wild brings to the table? We like to um, talk in terms of half the carbs of potato chips and five times the protein. But it was important that we did not trade off on any texture or taste. And so when I think about the product, really, you know, at the end of the day, I created Wild because I love potato chips, but I didn't like the way the potato chips made me feel. So I thought if I could replace the potato with chicken breast, but not lose the crispy, crunchy texture of a potato chip, that that was a win. So that's really what we hang our hat on and our flavor profiles and the fact that we pair with classic chicken dishes, chicken and waffle, Nashville hot, buffalo, that really sets us apart in kind of that potato chip aisle. Talk a little bit about that early day. So you made that pivot. You switched from the bar to the chip. Where did you go first? Did you pitch the retailers that had already embraced the bar? Did you go direct consumer? Like, how'd you start that journey when you made that pivot? You know, Whole Foods has always been our number one kind of partner. You know, I started the bar at Whole Foods. I was fortunate to have uh, friends that worked at Whole Foods as my time in the space prior to Wild. I had a cereal company. It didn't go so well, but I did learn a lot and I and I made a lot of connections. But you know, I always thought about Whole Foods being kind of that um, halo effect. You know, if it worked at Whole Foods, you had a shot to work other places. And uh, so I always thought Whole Foods as my first market retailer. We did do some D to C kind of around the time that the chip was getting popular, the pandemic kicked in. So that forced us to do some direct to consumer and Amazon. But the early days, we did a ton of demos at Whole Foods to learn if one, did the customer want a chip like this? And we learned that they did. And then we also uh, asked and did a lot of research on what we should call the product. You know, our early days, we actually called Wild a chicken chip. And we learned quickly that that was not the right description for the product. And we eventually landed on protein chips. So, you know, recently talking about kind of switches in the business, you know, you moved the business to Nashville and also your manufacturing to Winchester, Kentucky. So talk about those uh, two moves of making the move to Music City, but then also your your manufacturing partnership. Yeah, so Kentucky, uh, you know, I, I love the great state of Kentucky. I, um, 2019, when, if I back up in 2018, we we received the first, you know, proprietary CRISPR that we had, we had made patent pending and we installed that into a co-manufacturer. And uh, we realized after working with the co-man, we realized that we were teaching these guys exactly. And we were learning in real time as well, but we were teaching these guys 
a really special secret sauce. And we had a strategic investor that came alone and they said, we'll make an investment in wild. Uh, but if we make the investment, you guys need to seriously think about doing your own manufacturing. And so we set out in 2020 to find a building to create our own manufacturing facility. And we looked a number of places. We looked in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. And the thought process was, let's find somewhere somewhat centrally located. So, you know, we're only having, we will only have one facility and let's have something that where you could get to the East Coast, the West Coast, to the Southwest, you know, in a, in a one to three day period. And so Kentucky, we, we found a great, um, you know, father-son duo who was builders, commercial real estate developers, and they, uh, along with the governor of, of Kentucky, really helped Wild, um, really helped bring Wild to the state of Kentucky. So I couldn't be happier to be here. And um, that happened in 2021 is when we officially opened the facility. Now, the, the, the move to Nashville, so we, you know, we talked a little bit about creating, starting Wild in Boulder. Uh, but as you can imagine, when we opened the facility, I started spending all my time in Kentucky. And I, I just got to the point where I was tired of going back and forth every week. And so before we started to build out our team, we, we thought about where would be the right location for the headquarters. And Nashville is about three-hour drive from Lexington. And uh, we just felt like the energy of that city, the travel, people who come there, the tourists, you know, everything that that city has going on. And the fact that that city is known for hot chicken, that wild, you know, would fit right in. And uh, it's proven true that we have fit, uh, we have just settled into Nashville and uh, there's a lot of cool marketing things coming out of Nashville uh, for wild uh, in 24. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. So let's talk about that of uh, you know how you plan to scale the business. What's the, the five-year plan as you guys have hit this uh, amazing growth trajectory? Yeah, so we're we're projecting 100% growth year over year. You know, from 21 to 22 to 23, we've experienced 100% plus growth year over year. We have started to, you know, focus more on mass retail. The product is doing very well at mass and also at club. We have a very strong club business. We have a flavor profile innovation pipeline that is just uh, really leaning in heavily on classic chicken dishes and bringing flavors to the market that the consumer has never seen before, but fits very well with our product. And that's really the focus point right now is continue to double down, to expand the club business, to expand the mass retail business, and really hone in you know, uh, on our flavor fro- profile innovation pipeline. 
So when you look at these, uh, you know, flavors has been a natural expansion. You know, the salty snack category is a pretty big category across the board. So are you focused on really just winning with chips? Or you think about new form factors? What's the, what are you thinking from an innovation standpoint? Well, we want to win chips first. You know, you, you, you're right. It's a huge category. And, you know, we have kind of two vehicles to market. In some stores, you will see wild, like in uh, sports nutrition, and in, and that's kind of our first journey to market. And then in some stores, you'll see us right in salty snacks. Uh, we think that our chip has the potential to be a $200 million brand. There are other form factors that I have been toying around with, you know, things that you would see both in salty snacks as well as other categories throughout the store, none of which I really can talk about today, but uh, we have thought about wild and what it would look like in other form factors. But I do want to, you know, make it clear that I think what we have done to date is something that's one of the most innovative salty snacks to hit the market. And I don't want to lose focus there. And I tell my team all the time, like, you know, we have to us, we're around it every day. Maybe maybe we think it you know it, it's 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 old news, but to the world we're new news, and we need to double down and keep focused on what we do and what we do best, and that is, you know, wild chips creating uh, chips out of chicken breast. So you know you've had a unique journey as an entrepreneur, as you said, you pivoted off the first business. Now you've had this amazing kind of proprietary approach that you've had with the the second product. You know, as you talk with entrepreneurs, aspiring ones that want to follow your journey, what's the advice that you give to them as they start their own entrepreneurial approach? You know, Dave, I'll, I've got this saying, and, and there's there's two sayings that I have, and, and it really revolves around never giving up. And I always tell people I'm a fruit picker. And some days I pick good fruit and some days I pick bad fruit, but you best believe I'm never going to stop picking the fruit. An entrepreneur needs to to have that mindset. You know, not every day is going to be glamorous. Entrepreneurship is notoriously not glamorous to the end of it. And, and at the end, when everybody knows your brand, they think you're an overnight success. But if you look back at the five or 10 years it took you to get there, I kind of view it as like a like a bowl of spaghetti. It's just up and down and twist and turn. But it's the never give up attitude. I mean, you got to set your mind and say, I'm not going to take no for an answer. And I got to keep, you know, uh, another saying I have is keep chopping the wood. Just just keep going at it. And I think that's very important in anything you do in life, but especially in entrepreneurship, because there can be some challenging times. There will be challenging times and you just got to keep going. So I want to dig a little further on that advice and particularly for somebody that's going into the food business. You mentioned that the investor that ultimately invested in you said you have to own your own manufacturing. And a lot of early food brands, you know, some are working out of commercial kitchens or incubators. Others are working with co-packers and doing that. Why did you embrace that we have to do our own manufacturing? And what's that unlocked for you as a business by making that choice? Yeah, you know, I, I will say if I had been doing something that was already in market, let's say yogurt, let's say, you know, cookies, I probably would have stayed with a co-manufacturer. You know, they have the equipment, you can focus on brand, you can focus on marketing and sales. For us, this had never been done before. And we had just purchased this piece of equipment 
that we thought we were going to eventually get a patent. And we do have a patent on it now. We got it in 22, I think summer of 22. But that was the reason that strategic investor encouraged us to do this because they felt like there was a lot of secret sauce and they didn't want the secret sauce to get into the trade. And so they really encouraged us. And if you take a step back and think about it, I was working with a USDA meat facility who was making jerky. And when they usually think about meat and snacks, you think about pounds and these chips are like feathers. So we were really having a hard time with their fee structure and really wild was, you know, well, we were, we were running really a negative gross margin, which as you know, you, you can't survive that doing that. So doing it ourselves, we had to prove out that, Hey, you could turn a positive margin doing it yourself. Plus you kept all your secrets in house. So that is really um, what, you know, encouraged us to, to, to do it ourselves. And I'll tell you the unlock moment was wild has always been kind of real time R and D, you know, not, there's no specialist to call and say, here's my problem. You're kind of learning that and you're becoming the specialist as you're learning and, and going through challenges with the, with the recipe. And so when we opened the facility for the first time, I was able to spend six months straight on the production floor. And I learned and saw so many things that we should change. And I started to learn what made the product super crispy and what made the product eat like cardboard. And I don't think I would have ever learned that had I kept working with Coman because Coman's just not going to let you, you know, out on their production floor to do test after test after test of learnings uh, because they have a business to run. So the unlock for us was once we opened our own facility, it gave me the opportunity to live on that production floor to learn and try different things. That is amazing advice for uh, for entrepreneurs. So really appreciate you sharing the stir- story of what you built with Wild. And uh, I think all of us are very happy you made that pivot to take the next step in the journey. Well, Dave, listen, I've enjoyed our conversation this morning and I uh, can't thank you enough for having me and, and anything I can do, um, you just let me know. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.